CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, Buzz is standing by for our big Tuesday show, but before we talk to him, let's talk about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. You know, we love our sponsors and we hope you're going to support all of them. But in case you're not into listening to the commercials, I have some great news for you. For just $15 per month on our Patreon page, you can get the ultimate edition of this podcast and it's entirely commercial free. Here's how you get it. Just go to patreon.com slash Bob show. As I just said, select the box for the $15 ultimate edition level, enter your information, then go to patreon.com slash Bob show or download the app and watch for the post labeled the Bob Seska show ultimate edition. Click play and enjoy your commercial free experience. Plus you're also going to get the shadow dockets and the after party included in that level of support. Again, that's patreon.com slash Bob show. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 30, 2024, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1,105 of the Biden-Harris administration, 280 days into the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And that guy right there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Burbank. Taylor Swift. You said it all. <laughs> hi. Is she, hi. She's not here. I just said that to piss off the magas. <laughs> Good job. Hi, everybody. Uh, He's Bob. I'm Buzz. And we're under a lot of pressure to drop out of the race. (laughs) Not going to do it. Mm -hmm. A new poll shows that voters are angry that the economy isn't something they can bitch about anymore. (laughs) Right. Oh, oh, and by the way, uh, let the record reflect that Trump walked out of the room during the opening joke. (laughs) Like always. That's what he does. Uh, you, you hear about this? You you follow the weather, right, Bob? Yes, I do. Sometimes you you, you, yeah. you have weather in the D.C. area. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. They say it was the biggest fog ever. <laughs> uh, this week, a thick fog blanketed seventeen states all at once. Wow, uh, biggest fog ever. Uh, meteorologists also reported that once the fog lifted, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was still there. <laughs> Better luck next time. Uh, actual, this is true, actual headline in the Washington Post. 245,000 Jewish Holocaust survivors are alive today. Where are they now? And I'm like, who wants to know? <laughs> I'm paranoid. Really, really. Uh, uh, well, the, the movie and TV awards season is in full swing. And uh, critics agree the movie Barbie is less artificial than the new Frasier. Hey! Whoa! 
and some ocean. You remember when we were oceanic explorers? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was our old job. But yeah. now, uh, s- some oceanic explorers believe they have found Amelia Earhart's long lost airplane. Yeah. And I thought this was especially interesting. Uh, one of the doors is missing some bolts. More fun. <laughs> More music. The Bob Seska Show. All right. We're kicking off a brand new week with this one. Updated from Rocky Mountain Mike. Here we go. Yep. I hear the Trumps tweeting again tonight. But he has only bitches about the workings of our nation. He's given us an awful fright. His big fat lips, they say words that make me want to try starvation. <laughs> He's just an old man who's in the way. I'm hoping they'll find his older tax returns or ancient tapes of BB. I want to turn to him and say, Prison boy, it's waiting there for you. I still haven't ruled it out, Buzz. Ruled it out? No. Yeah. Which, which, which option? No, that he's going to flee the country using a fake name and a fake passport. Uh, we'll I take think what that's we can. Entirely possible. I think he's got a go bag ready. That's what we'll, I've uh, always we'll, theorized. Yeah. We'll, we'll take what we can get, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, that was a great Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNTN Mike on Twitter. He always delivers. Uh, speaking of delivery, yeah. <laughs> I see what I did there. Ah, boom. Uh, UPS. I want a special shout out to UPS uh, uh-huh. this morning. As I, we just got word before the show, uh, and I'll, I'll bring it up to speed. But last year, you you may or may not remember because you know stuff happens and we forget. Right. But uh, there was a big. It was a threat of a strike at UPS, and yeah. uh, everybody panicked. And uh, so the Teamster drivers, the the workers, the unionized workers at UPS, uh, got a deal where they got uh, outrageous uh, luxuries uh, handed to them, like uh, oh, uh, heating and air conditioning in their open trucks. <laughs> Whoa, wow! I I know, I know. It was, uh, <laughs> they just they saw and they went for it. You know, they said, "Could we have?" And, and it took some struggling, but they finally got heaters and air conditioners. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because of that extra expense, UPS. Uh, says it needs to save a billion dollars, so it's going to lay off 12,000 workers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, We don't talk often enough about uh, corporate America. We talk a lot about politics and politicians. Yeah. And and, uh, when we forget that, you know, half the time our lives are dictated by corporations. Yes, they Uh, are. Maybe more than half the time. Right. And uh, we don't look at what they're doing often enough. And I just want to point out, that it appears to me, and I, I don't pretend to be an expert on this, but it appears to me that UPS is punishing its workers for uh, landing a deal in which they got such outrageous things as heaters and air conditioners. Right, right. And and so I just want to say, on behalf of us all uh, this morning, <laughs> uh, f- 
Fuck UPS. <laughs> Thank you. And Fuck you. P.S. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do. That's the yeah. thing. They were hoping, yeah. hey, look, what we'll do is we'll uh, settle with the workers. And then six months down the road, eight months down the road, we'll do this thing that will pay for the thing we agreed to eight months earlier. Mm-hmm. And but no one will remember because yeah. that's the way things work in this country. Ye, now. Ye, ye shall be punished uh, right. for, <laughs> for making such outrageous demands. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I just thought that ought to be pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like I said, too often, I think with the attention we give politics and politicians, we uh, sometimes miss the evils and sins of corporations. Right, right. Well, I, I want to get into the E. Jean Carroll verdict yeah, here yeah, in, in yeah. a second. But first, uh, in the category of Trump always makes things worse for Trump, <laughs> we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the now scuttled immigration deal, the bipartisan immigration deal that the White House was working out with congressional Republicans. And it was actually killed by Donald Trump himself. Trump always makes things worse for Trump now because what's going to happen is every time he brings up the border and border security, Joe Biden and the Biden campaign can come back at him with, well, why'd you kill the deal? We were going to do that. And so Donald Trump walking into his own propeller, as we like to say here on the show. I, 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 don't, I agree with you, I, except I don't agree necessarily that the deal is dead. Uh, I know that uh, House or Mouse Speaker, Mouse Speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Mouse Speaker? I, uh, mouse, Mouse Speaker. I'm making him not House Speaker, but Mouse Speaker uh, Mike Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, said uh, the deal is dead on arrival in the House. Uh, I, I believe that the deal is still possible in in the Senate. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, there's some leverage there. Uh, I think uh, some interesting things are happening uh, when you uh, factor in the comments of uh, uh, Lankford of Oklahoma yeah. uh, and, and what he's pointed out here. I mean, what, what you and I definitely agree on, Bob, is either way, this is good for Biden. Mm-hmm. But, but what I see coming out of this is a defeat for Donald Trump yeah. and a victory for Joe Biden in which the bipartisan deal does go through and this is the beauty this is what i'm enjoying watching and i've been eager to make this point on today's show and i may make it more than once because i'm so happy about it and that <laughs> yeah, is you're a happy boy today i i am and and because first <laughs> it was the economy first republicans said oh well we got them now yeah. we got the democrats now but on this economy thing yes sir and then the economy got better yeah and uh, then they go well immigration we, we got them now we got them uh, look at the crisis the border oh we got them on immigration uh-huh. and and now it looks like like there's, there could very well still be a bipartisan deal. In my view, it isn't dead yet. Yeah. If it if it dies, it will be Trump's fault, uh, and and uh, Trump said he'd take the blame for that. Uh, but but if it passes, and it, I still am holding out hope that it can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a victory for Joe Biden, who you know Biden fixes the economy, he yep. fixes immigration mm-hmm. in a bipartisan way. Name a problem that Joe, Joe Biden can't or hasn't solved. Well, they're just every time they come up with an excuse not to reelect them, he gives us a reason to reelect him. So I, I think this is going beautifully. <laughs> Yeah, it's a win-win for the Biden campaign because not only do they get the legislation, if what you say is true, then also, in addition to that, they can go after Donald Trump for trying to kill the deal in the first place. Right, And the other thing is, I think it's important for us to get the word out about Donald Trump's meddling in these negotiations. Sure. Because I don't think the word is getting out. I just, I know anecdotally 
that some people don't realize that Donald Trump is the one who killed this bipartisan immigration deal. I I don't know. Trump himself, in in his speech to his supporters, said that uh, senators uh, are blaming me for this. And uh, I tell you what, I'll take the blame. And he's he's wearing that blame as a badge of honor. So he uh, is getting the word out to his people Mm -hmm. that he is the one that's holding up this bill. If his people also hear the messages of Nikki Haley and and Lankford of Oklahoma, uh, you know, who knows what can happen or what's possible at that point. So meantime, uh, the president has promised to, quote, shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed Mm -hmm. if Congress passes a border security package. That's not what some Democrats want to hear. That goes against, you know, the whole idea of Biden was to have a, a gentler uh, a border policy, a, a, a more fair mm-hmm. and humane border policy than Trump. And and, and now I think uh, Biden has already issued more orders on immigration in his three years than Trump did in his four years. Yeah. So, and, and, and uh, still not to the satisfaction of Republicans. This deal, this bipartisan deal, and this is what Langford is saying, mm-hmm. and this is what Haley is saying, this deal gives Republicans everything they've ever asked for and more. Yeah. B- Biden is intentionally swinging right on this issue to win back uh, that part of the electorate, you know, mm-hmm. to to solve the immigration problem or at least address it in 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 a similar way that he's addressed the economy, uh, and uh, it wrangled that back into shape. So I, I don't know. I I'm, I feel very optimistic about this, and and yeah, it definitely is a win win, no matter how it turns out. But th- this is an exciting and interesting moment. They, the Republicans will never get a better deal than he's put on the table. He's given. Republicans an offer they cannot refuse, yeah. and yet they might? I don't know. We'll see. And, and I don't want to get us started on this whole secession thing, but yeah. I, I think we should at least mention today oh, that, yeah, the, yeah. the standoff between uh, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas right. and uh, the, the United States federal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a standoff between a state and, and the federal government. Yeah. Uh, the state is in the wrong here. Uh, the federal government has rights to move in and, and do some serious things. I'll be mm. interested to see what indeed happens. Uh, what's fearful to what makes me fearful mm. is the knowledge that 25 other governors, 25 other states, uh, governors or attorney generals have fallen in line behind Governor Abbott. Now we're talking about 26 states yeah. uh, that have in effect said uh, boo to the union in effect have said you know f u union uh we're going to go our own way well that's 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 like secession it's it's yeah. too it's too close to secession mm-hmm. and i don't like the way this feels yeah i don't know that the people supporting these republicans and right. this posture they're taking on right. uh, lining up with uh, greg abbott and the border I don't think they understand what this means. I don't think they know no. what secession will actually mean this for them personally. For the, I mean, yeah, this is fun and exciting. It me. is fun. The thing is, I don't think they understand, first of all, that if Texas were to secede, which it won't do, Texas right. will not secede. They need the money. The thing that that will immediately do is strip Donald Trump of 38 electoral votes. <laughs> Yeah. That would be a colossal, I'm sorry, 40 electoral votes will be stripped I, away from Donald Trump. That's what matters. It's not Illinois and Maine and Colorado and being taken off the ballot in those states that will matter to Donald Trump in November. It's losing Texas's 40 electoral votes. Do I do I hear a sizzling over by the 
fence by any chance. Well, the other thing is the Republicans would lose a big chunk of uh, House members and all of that. I oh, forget. I'm not would. sure how the Democratic versus Republican delegations line up in Texas in terms of their total numbers. But we're talking about a lot of Republican members of Congress that, and, oh, yeah. and senators that would lose their job uh, in Congress if that were to happen. Plus, Boy, I'd hate to see a thing like that happen to that Ted Cruz fella. Yeah. He seems so nice. I know. So many Republicans, uh, Republican yeah. voters specifically, would lose their Social Security and Medicare right this away. Be, this would be a, a, a deadly fence whizzing. This would be this would this would <laughs> this would be the type of fence whizzing that would kill kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> Fatal. So, you know, I, I tweeted something like that, and I talked about this with Kimberly at length on the after party, but I, I tweeted right. something about those ramifications of secession, and I right. think a lot of people took that to mean that I support this idea. I do not support this idea. We should not no, be no. into this this whole idea. And in fact, I invoked your name, Buzz. I said there was a lot of people in the replies under my tweet about this, posting that gif of Bugs Bunny sawing off oh, Texas yeah. and Florida. The, the Glad gif, I didn't see that. The one that you love so much. Yeah. And and that is absolutely nuts. Once you break up the United States, and by the way, I'd like to emphasize the word united in yes. uh, the word united in yeah. United States. There's a reason for that being there. It's not an arbitrary adjective in the name of our nation. You, you know, and, and uh, not only do uh, some, uh, I hate to call them conservatives, not only do some MAGA delight in the idea and think it would be fun and exciting to yeah. secede from the union. Boy, that'd show them, and then we could do things our way. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they're not looking at the big picture. Mm. Uh, likewise, sadly, there are a number of progressives who, yeah, say, "Oh, let them go. Uh, yeah, let Texas go. Let let Florida go. We don't need them. They're nothing but trouble. Uh, get them out of here." And no, you don't want that either. Uh, we all need each other. There is power in a union, uh, and yeah. and. Uh, uh, this has gone too far when you have a governor doing the George Wallace standoff with the federal government uh, and now 25 other states falling in line behind him. This does not bode well for our country. You know the saying that if you start wearing sweatpants all day, you've given up? You know that? Uh, I know. That Do trope? I know it? I'm living it. <laughs> Well, supporting secession is like the geopolitical version of wearing sweatpants. So you've given up. You've given up on democracy if you support secession, either encouraging states that you don't like to secede or actually being one of the secessionists. That means well, you've given up on democracy. You've given up on the United States. You've given up on the Constitution. And you're also turning your back on the countless millions of American men and women who have sacrificed their lives to defend the unity of this nation. That's right. How dare you take such a convenient bullshit escape hatch like secession? But it sounds fun and exciting. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. It's it is. please do not encourage them. Please do not support this. The whole idea of America is that we work this shit out. And if you give up on that very crucial aspect of democracy, you've given up on democracy itself. 
Say, it, say what you will about Florida, and I, I won't go into all of the reasons I, I think, you know, all, all of its positives. Yeah. But I, I will tell you this. It was purple when I moved here. It mm-hmm. had voted for Obama twice, and in yep. my heart, I believe it can do so again, mm-hmm. that Democrats here can and perhaps will rise again. And so I don't give up hope. You shouldn't give up hope either. In fact, I think the rest of the country should be trying to help the Democrats of Florida and help the Democrats of Texas and Missouri and Kansas and and the rest of it. Uh, We need your help. We need that lifeline. And in return, we can offer you uh, members of Congress, members members of the Senate, uh, and uh, tax dollars. Well, uh, let us step over to E. Jean Carroll and the uh, jury award from Friday, which... Naturally, once again, uh, we all know this, happened right after Kimberly and I finished recording the after party. So just as we were done, you know, the whole thing, the stuff that we were talking about regarding uh, E. Jean Carroll and what are the damages going to be? Oh, I think it's going to be this many figures. Oh, I think it's going to be that many figures. And then suddenly, as soon as we're done with the show, there it is. It turns out it's obviously uh, $83 million, Mm -hmm. $11 million for repairing E. Jean Carroll's reputation, $7.3 million for emotional harm, $65 million in punitive damages. The, uh, the, the jury was challenged to uh, take into account what Trump could afford and what it would take in, in the way of a penalty yeah. to make him feel this. You know, what what he didn't shut up the first time, with <laughs> $5 million verdict. What do you guys think it's going to take this time? What do you think? What number do you think he'll listen to? Now, and then that's what they came up with. So now uh, Trump owes uh, $88.3 million mm-hmm. with interest. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people ask, well, uh, he doesn't have to pay this or he's, gonna, he's going to appeal. Or, and let me explain how this works based on what I have read in the New York Times. Uh-huh. Uh, for now, while he appeals both cases, uh, Trump need not immediately pay Ms. Carroll or the state of New York. In, in that case, that's about to come down. That's a $370 million and growing because they just made new discoveries in that case yes. that could push bump it up from the 370 We may talk about that later. <laughs> But uh, he could pay the court system, which Mm -hmm. will hold the money while the appeal is pending. That's what he did last year when a jury ordered him to pay Ms. Carroll $5 million in a related case. So what happened when uh, the jury ordered uh, Trump to pay Carroll $5 million last year, Trump gave the court $5.5 million because you have to put down 110%. (laughs) That's what you're required to do. Uh, if he if he he has choices, uh, he could try to secure an appeal bond. Actually, that's for the appeal bond. Mm-hmm. He could try to get an appeal bond, and then he wouldn't have to pay the full amount up front with this eighty three million. Uh, that would make sure that he has to pay the money, but uh, it, they wouldn't be able to collect the money while his appeals are being heard. Uh, and having, if he were to go out and get a, a bond like that, it would require him to find a company willing to write the bond at a time that he faces significant legal right. and financial jeopardy. So if it wouldn't be cheap, uh, the value of the bond would be 110% of the verdict. So in the case of Ms. Carroll, it would cost him $92 million 
on top of the on top of the five point five that he's already put down. Yeah. And uh, then he'd have to pay the bonding company uh, even more than he owes. He, and then he would owe interest to Ms. Carroll and to the state of New York for any delays in in payment there. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's looking at in both of these cases. Uh, so we're, we're t we are talking about amounts of money that, uh, f from all accounts I've read, will force him to sell some of his properties. And, and this is all to say that, yes, Donald Trump has to pay either the entire sum or a big chunk of the sum right, right. in order to move forward with his obvious appeal. And yeah. already Alina Haba has announced that they're going to appeal this thing, but that means that Donald Trump has to dish out this cash to some extent, uh, as you were outlining. Right. And so the question then becomes, does he even have the money? And if he doesn't have the money, what the hell is he going to do? Right. Not only has he been found liable for raping E. Jean Carroll. Yes. So there's that and the comeuppance for this and the fact that E. Jean Carroll has now vowed to give a significant portion, if not all of the money, to other Donald Trump rape victims or some other uh, resource, some other organization that Donald Trump hates. I just, I love this strategy from top to bottom. This yeah. is this is the accountability that we've been waiting for, and it's just the beginning uh, of it. And so, uh, but we all wait in eager anticipation to find out where he's going to get $83 million in cash. Now, in his April deposition last year, he said he's got $400 million in cash, like uh -huh. liquid assets that he right. can just draw from. Right. So there are a couple of things about that. He may have lied in his deposition about that money. Secondly, Maybe. it's one of those things that would certainly apply to Letitia James's lawsuit in that separate case in uh, New York. So right. if he doesn't have that money, where is he going to get it? So he would have to probably sell off a bunch of assets, right? Exactly. Uh, from what I've read, from what I understand, uh, he can afford the E. Jean Carroll verdict, even in its totality. Even if you look at it as just shy of $100 million, he can, he can afford that. That's, man, can you imagine being able to say that? Yeah. He, can, he can afford that. What he can't afford is on top of that, the New York State decision. Uh, in his civil fraud case, he cannot afford them both. He uh, he would barely be able to afford the civil fraud case in New York and may not even be able to afford that with the new charges uh, that are being added, the new uh, information that's come in uh, that, that could increase the amount uh, that he is compelled to pay the state of New York. So, uh, it, you know, th that's the one that's going to break him. Yeah. Certainly the combination of the two will force it will either burn up all his cash and or force him to uh, sell properties this is together these things are going to affect donald trump one of the things i like most about this buzz is whatever puts donald trump under severe stress is right. great <laughs> It's one of those things that makes me happy because it, the more he's stressed out, the more he's freaked out, the more he's glancing over into the corner and seeing that go bag, as I was saying earlier. Right. You know, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just he's just uh, coming apart of the scenes. I, yeah, I don't know. No, if, yeah, I don't true. know if he's looking at fleeing. Maybe I wouldn't rule it out. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, he's he's one of those guys who is dumb enough to stay in it to the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he'll keep fighting until. He can't anymore until, 
Yeah, that's I think that's his nature. It's an incredible thing that he thought behaving the way he behaved in that courtroom <laughs> was help. actually going to help him. I mean, yeah, that's, I know. Talk he about well. another example of derangement. Like this yeah. is going to. How is this going to help? Maybe he sees it as one of those things where uh, the, he knows he's going to lose. He knows he's going to have to pay a lot of damages in this particular case. And so he decided, well, you know what? I got to create an upside for myself. So at least maybe I'll get some sort of political benefit by, right. you know, storming off during Robbie Kaplan's closing arguments or may what, as well. whatever it might have been. Yeah. May as well have some fun with this. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's one of the things we learned during Rachel's interview with E. Jean Carroll yesterday is that uh, yeah. that Donald Trump's behavior was reinforcing the entire centerpiece of the case, right? So as they were trying to say that this guy feels like he's above the law, he doesn't have to obey rules, and he's an obnoxious jerk, and there he is in the courtroom being all of those things. With Alina Haba, uh, descriptions I've heard of Haba's behavior as an attorney in that courtroom uh, were good reports when Trump wasn't present, and then she behaved in an idiotic fashion when he was present, and that was because he was present, and he, at those times, was telling her what to do. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing we learned from the E. Jean Carroll team is that uh, when push came to shove and the courtroom was the courtroom and the judge was in charge, uh, Trump, not such a big man. No. Not, such a, not so scary. Absolutely not. And that's the centerpiece of all of it. I mean, E. Jean Carroll said yesterday that he was nothing. That's one of the big quotes that we can take away from E. Jean Carroll's remarks after this decision was handed down. The fact that she's continuing to go after him and, in a sense, kind of trying to bait him a little bit. Because she, she also revealed yesterday that that if he says another defamatory thing, then it's back to court. <laughs> and so right. the question, in addition to all the other questions, is is he going to say something else? And I don't think he can help it. I think he has to at some point. I think he's going to blurt something because he can't not do it. It's so woven into his brand. It's so woven into who he is as a tyrant, as a petty little man, that he cannot resist. It is the part of his toxic masculinity. It's as ingrained into his persona as the orange face makeup is, or the hair, or the suits, or all the rest of it, the Make America Great Again hats, and it's, and so on. He cannot not blurt awful shit about E. Jean Carroll or whoever I, else. I think he's going to try because it's getting expensive for him. I don't yeah. think he cares to uh, have to put even more money in escrow with the court yeah. than, than he already has and that he's already going to. I think I think I think instead we're going to see him cower away from that subject. Uh, maybe Bob, if somebody cornered him with a TV light and a camera mm -hmm. and stuck <laughs> a microphone in his face, uh, yeah, I think it probably goad him into saying something. Uh, that's almost like that's almost like forcing a penalty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I think I think it's getting expensive enough for him. Uh, that he'll stay with it. I agree about your nature, but I think even when it comes to money, which <laughs> is the thing he really is, the, is the only compassion he has in his life is for money. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think he'll, he'll bow to that God and, and, and defer.
Yeah. Well, meantime, uh, thank you, Rudy Giuliani. I hope Rudy Giuliani keeps going around stumping for Donald Trump between now and November. <laughs> if he keeps saying things like the clip I'm about to play here from, I think it's from Real American News, one of those Fox News copycat cable networks way oh. down. Oh, yeah. OAN's in big trouble today, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, here's Rudy Giuliani uh, suggesting that uh, Donald Trump didn't commit rape. He committed sexual assault. So thank you, Rudy Giuliani, for confirming all of this. Here we go. Well, the judge is a disgrace to the greatest court in America. It's uh, called the Mother Court. The United States District Court for the Southern District of New York which had some of the greatest judges in American history. This judge is a pure disgrace. He's telling, he's telling a lawyer what questions to ask. That's totally ridiculous. No, he didn't. didn't he won't on. let him defend himself? No. Uh, and, and how is it inconsistent? Let's say, let's say he was, first of all, he was, he was found not guilty or not liable for rape. It was sexual assault, not rape. <laughs> and second, you can be, you can be uh, guilty of rape and still a person can be a wacko. Yeah. That's what, he, that's what he's, uh, uh, that was a defamation. You're allowed to still defend yourself against defamation. Okay, so in the process of talking about Donald Trump's defamation uh, uh, lawsuit here, he actually right. defamed Eugene Carroll. <laughs> he basically called Eugene Carroll a wacko. Yeah, you could be raped and still be a wacko. That was Donald Trump's case. Is that what Rudy's saying here? That <laughs> I w that uh, I raped Eugene Carroll, but you know what? She's a wacko. That's Donald Trump's lawyer or one of his lawyers. Rudy Giuliani. So please right. keep talking. Please keep saying that a lot, Rudy. Please keep reinforcing the fact that Donald Trump sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll. And, you know, you can use those terms. It, you know, obviously we're all interpreting it to mean the same thing, that it's rape. True enough. Now, he, he, as you know, Rudy can't go on Fox News anymore. They won't let him on there. Uh, so he goes on OAN, One America yeah. News. Uh, but it may not be on the air much longer. Uh, the way if the Smartmatic Voting Company has its way, because in its lawsuit uh, against uh, OAN <laughs> for the lies of, about the 2020 election, um, it's been learned through discovery uh, that the president of OAN. Uh, was sending an email to Sidney Powell, uh, who was Trump's campaign lawyer at the time, uh, that he sent her a spreadsheet with the passwords of employees uh, of the uh, company Smartmatic. That's that's illegal. Uh, OAN broke the law when they did that, and uh, they're being uh, they're, they're going to be taken to task for that, uh, certainly by Smartmatic in its lawsuit, but perhaps criminally as well. I thought at some point OANN was taken off the air. No, not yet. No. I mean, some cable companies that may have bounced it. Okay. Uh, but but no, they're they're still in business, and uh, it, it, it's the one of the it's maybe the only place Rudy can go uh, to, okay. to talk. I mean, there are a couple of those right wing networks out there, but yeah, no, it's still on some grids of some uh, providers. So yeah, it's still on the air. It just may not be much longer. In fact. Uh, somebody may be going to jail from OAN. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, uh, this is one of those things where it's yet another entity, human network, et cetera, that as soon as they get close to Donald Trump, it's poison. It's right. just, They're shocked. They're electrocuted by uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. And, by the and electric fence, yes. It invariably happens, right? They just keep whizzing on that electric fence, right? We try and try to tell them, and they don't listen. Yes.
He was nothing. I love this. Kimberly's trying to start that as a hashtag. E. Jean Carroll <laughs> referring to Donald Trump by saying, he was nothing. Uh-huh. The emperor has no clothes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just I, a small, yeah. brittle man. You know, it's a, it's an apt description. The emperor has no clothes. It's always been, I think, yeah. from the beginning, an apt description of Donald Trump. It just never caught on because no one, none of us wants to visualize that. Mm. <laughs> right. Yes, because all I think about is that statue that they were transporting <laughs> exactly. around from city yeah. to city during yeah, a period the, of time there. Yeah. The baby diaper baby balloon was bad enough. That's right. Okay, well, lots more to talk about here. Uh, Donald Trump can't remember what was on his cognitive exam. And, you know, this is just another one of those things that gets flushed down the memory hole, except on this show. We're going to play the clip of Donald Trump talking about the cognitive exam that he took, the man, woman, camera, TV thing. Right, uh, which also isn't on the exam. Yeah, and that was like, how many years ago was that? Three, four years ago when he was Maybe doing that? Four. And he's still talking about it. Maybe you shouldn't call attention to your cognitive exam, Donald especially when you can't remember what was on it. Plus, uh, the RNC is in trouble. We're going to talk about that, too. And we've got a great example in terms of how journalism is actually done. There's a, a great Q&A that took place uh, on the CBS News affiliate in Miami where uh, Congresswoman Maria Elvira Salazar from uh, Florida, the 27th District of Florida, Completely walked into this same trap that Republicans do every single time there's an election. They like to pose with those giant, like, novelty Ed McMahon checks whenever there's a piece of legislation that they actually right. voted against. So they take credit for something they voted against. Exactly. So we'll talk about that here in a second with a great example for how journalists should be questioning Republicans like this, especially the more weaselly ones. And uh, an example for how journalism shouldn't be done from our friends at NBC News. So oh, we'll talk dear. about that, too. Them Plus, again. yeah, oh, my God, there's some more details about that pill mill that was being run out of the White House, the uh -huh. Trump White House medical office, just right. handing out controlled substances left and right, like Skittles. And so we've got more information on that, including the actual document uh, listing some of the medications. I mean, we talked about ProVigil and Ambien on Thursday's show. But this particular document showing the kind of medications that were distributed indicates some much more serious meds that were being handed around the White House. And the my, question my, is, my, my money's on meth. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the question is, why? 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 why was all this? Why? Yeah, we're going to get into it uh, a little bit later. And uh, right. And also some uh, ballot news, some 14th Amendment news in the offing here. So uh, lots more to come on today's show. Thank you for joining us back after these words. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Tell you what we'll do This guy is one of the best of the best. Incredible singer, songwriter, musician, recording artist, Matt Jaffe. And this is a single called Wicked World. And if you're a fan of animation, you got to go watch the music video for this. Animated by the great Bill Plimpton. One of the modern animation geniuses. Very distinct style. You'll recognize it as soon as you see it. And, of course, we got a link in the description to support Matt Jaffe. Please do get his records into your record collection now. What are you waiting for? Run, don't walk. Do it. Click it. Click those links. Go to bobseska.com. Find this episode dated 130.24. Click that link. That's the first thing you should click. Then, when you see Matt Jaffe's name in the description, click that link, too, and support his work. And also, by the way, if you're a recording artist, make sure to submit your work to the show, bobseska.com slash music. I haven't mentioned that, and I should. I should mention that more often. Bad DJ, bad DJ. Okay, so I, I <laughs> on the heels of me forgetting to talk about how to submit to the show, if you're a recording artist, let's talk about how Donald Trump can't remember what was on his cognitive exam. This is something that, again, makes me scratch my head, Buzz, because he does this all the time, where he shouldn't be talking about certain things, mm-hmm. where, oh, he's, yeah. where he's just re-injecting a scandal into the conversation over and over again. It's this ongoing thing where, um, with normal politicians and normal governments, when there is a scandal, they will say... Uh, it's not the policy of this administration to comment on an ongoing investigation or something like that to try to v- avoid reinforcing the existence of the scandal. Well, Donald Trump does that all the time. He just all the time. can't shut the fuck up about all these things, including the fact that I guess it was his maybe second or third year as president. He took a cognitive exam. Right. 
administered by Dr. Ronnie Jackson, which is a whole other <laughs> can of worms that we're going to get into here in today's show. But uh, not a doctor. Let's yeah, let's play this clip and break it down uh, by individual lies and misremembering. So here we go. This is Donald Trump from one of his rallies over the weekend. Yeah, it's a tough test. The first couple of questions are easy, like they'll have a lion, a giraffe, a whale, and a shark. Okay, a lion, giraffe, a whale, and a shark, he says, on the cognitive exam. No! Only one of those animals is actually on the cognitive exam. I'm looking at the exam right here. It's the Montreal Cognitive Assessment, or MOCA. MOCA, yes. Right, and so under the naming section, it's a one-page exam. He's making it seem like it's the SATs. Under the naming section, it shows a lion, a rhino, and a camel. There's no giraffe, no shark, or whatever the hell No whale. Is. No, no whale. whale. And so he's forgetting what was on the cognitive exam, therefore illustrating why he had to take a cognitive exam in the first place. And they'll say, which one's the lion, okay? And that's all the press covered, the first question. They didn't cover the last question. Multiply 4,733. Multiply times seven. Divide without paper and pencil, by the way. Okay. Divide it by four. Add up another 37 and a half, point and five. A half. I remember point that. Five. And what's your number? Okay. None of that is on the test. Of course not. Especially the part about how you can't do it with pencil and paper. Right. Like, nobody <laughs> nobody remembers. Nobody memorizes this test. He did. He wants you to believe that he memorized right. this test. No one ever has. No one who's ever taken this test can recite the, the actual question to you. <laughs> 4,733 times 7 divided by 4 plus 37 Point five, he said. I love the like little details, the minute yes. details in that's, his elaborate lies. That's the sign of a great liar. Yes, right, right. Adds those little nuances to it, like thirty-seven and, and a and, half and, and a and half. As co- and as cops know, that's usually what does the men. <laughs> right, right. But there's no way that would ever be on a cognitive exam. And uh, he says he aced it by taking questions that he very clearly did not take. Right. 37.5 all right just now, le- now, where, where we agree where you and i agree on this is yeah. it's it's total evidence that his cheese is sliding off the cracker <laughs> that is absolutely we, true this we both agree on this that, that that this is what he said and this is we both agree this is evidence you say it's forgetting i say it's not caring he never cared what the truth uh, about exactly. this test was okay. in the first place. He, he, he knows that they will believe anything he tells them. Right. So he's, you know, I mean, I, oh God, I've worked with a DJ who knew how to tell stories like this. You know? and <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know how they, I know how they can add uh, to the story that which was never there. Yeah. And, and I know other people know this too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, for me, I mean, you're right. I'm sure he doesn't remember, but I don't think that's what he's doing. I think what we're seeing here is him not caring yeah, whether it's true or not, because they'll just buy anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like the story I told on Stephanie Miller's show last Wednesday, which was that <laughs> I knew this kid when I was, uh, I don't know, five, six years old. His name was Robbie Chase. And oh, yeah. yeah, he came over to our house and proceeded to spill Kool-Aid all over our carpet. Oh, and then as my mom's mopping it up, he announces to my mom, hey, don't worry, I'm bionic like my brother. 
And it was such an obvious and casual lie that uh-huh. even I understood, well, there's no way he's bionic. Like his bro- First of all, you can't be bionic. That's not a thing. Right. Second of all, you're looping your brother into this lie that's an obvious lie. And so I always bring that up as an example for right. Donald Trump's obvious, obvious, obvious lying and how his disciples either, one, don't care, or two, right don't realize that he's lying. That's the both. broken bullshit and, and, detector yeah. thing that I've been talking and, 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 about. Yeah, and I think both are true. I think yeah. they don't they don't know and they don't care. All right. How many people in this room could do it? Not too many. Or they give you six names in a row. I took a lot of heat on this. They give you yeah. six names in a row at the beginning. Sir, I'm going to give you six names. Good. They look at him. A chair, a hat, a badge, a necklace, and they vote. Okay, none of that is on the test. It's Of course. Yeah, it's uh, face, velvet, church, daisy, red. <laughs> so he couldn't remember a single one of those words. And obviously, w- immediately after he took the cognitive exam, he said it was man, woman, camera, TV. Right. That's and, nowhere on the exam. And, and, and the guy who wrote the test said that's impossible because you wouldn't put, if you were to, to administer a test looking for the kinds of results we're looking for here, you wouldn't put two similar things together. You wouldn't yeah. put man and woman together. You wouldn't put uh, TV and camera together. Uh, you know, So he said it's preposterous that that would never have been on the list. And indeed, as you've just heard from Bobby, it's not. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, they come back to it uh, under the delayed recall section of the test. So initially right. you get the memory portion of the test and you get two tries at it. First trial, second trial, face, velvet, church, Daisy Red, and then after a couple more questions, they go back to see if you remembered those words, face Velvet Church Daisy Red, and uh, obviously he did not, and I wonder what his actual test results were, because we'll never know, I mean, unless maybe someday in the future that gets declassified in some way, my guess is Ronnie Jackson probably rolled up the test and smoked it. Smoked it, yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah, something happened to it. Okay, so moving on, the RNC. This is, I mean, we'll add this to the list of reasons why the polls are not reflecting what this election is going to look like. Because not only is Donald Trump in financial trouble, far lagging behind Joe Biden's fundraising. I think Joe Biden's fourth quarter fundraising was something like $117 million dollars. And Donald Trump's was something like $9 million in fundraising. Well, now the RNC is in this financial crisis where it's looking to open up another line of credit. Says here, according to the Washington Times, by the way, G. Gordon Liddy's favorite newspaper. That quaint little alternative newspaper. (laughs) Is that what he used to say? He used to say that about the Washington Post. Oh, okay. All right. I I thought he'd use it to diminish his times. Right. I used to remember him bleeping the word Washington Post. Yeah, they tried different things. In yeah, time. yeah. The it ca- own, it's all about owning the libs and has been always. <laughs> That's right, right. The cash-strapped Republican National Committee will consider opening a line of credit when members gather for their winter meeting that starts Tuesday in Las Vegas. The Washington Times has learned the RNC's money problems have been mounting since officials announced last summer a $15 million shortfall from projected fundraising levels with big dollar and small dollar contributions drying up. Gee, I wonder how that happened with Trump as the head of the party. (laughs) I know. The party of fiscal responsibility can't keep their uh, books straight here. And and by the way, Donald Trump turned a $5 million fine into an $83 million fine. (laughs) There's your businessman president, ladies and gentlemen. 
big dollar donors weren't giving last year because they didn't want to support former President Donald Trump. And mm -hmm. small dollar contributions were not coming in because these donors did not think the RNC was sufficiently supporting Mr. Trump. So it's coming in from both sides, or I should say not coming in from both sides. <laughs> right, right, right. Meantime, the DNC reported having about $20 million in the bank as of November 30, more than double the RNC's $9 million in cash on hand, according to filings with the FEC. And by the way, CNN's Caitlin Collins has revealed that former President Trump was secretly behind the Republican National Committee's plan to name him the presumptive GOP nominee for president, sure, even though he publicly renounced it after it faced widespread backlash. Of, of course, but before we get away from the money okay, uh, that, okay. that Republicans don't have and the, the Democrats do, yes. uh, outside of that, that's that 20, 20 million of the Democrats, that's chump change even compared to the $250 million that has already been spent by a Biden-supporting PAC to buy <laughs> advertising time in swing states across the country. Wow. $250 mil a quarter of a billion dollars in advertising yep. time has already been purchased by Biden-supporting PAC. Uh, strap yourselves in. We're just getting started. So the, I guess the latest word along those lines is that a big part of the Biden message is going to be making this election a referendum on Trump. To a large extent, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think we, we have to go on a number of fronts, uh, including the, the improved economy, mm -hmm. as people continue to feel the benefits mm -hmm. from that. Uh, I want everyone to know, you know, who who brought that. Uh, and, and so we can still do that, too. But I think it's right and proper that uh, we make uh, Trump the central because, and you, you were right about this as well, the more we hear about Trump, the more we hear from Trump, despite the fatigue that we have, it's that fatigue that will help us defeat him. Yes, yes. And I'm glad you brought that up again, because now it gives me an excuse to reinforce what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah, please do. One of the things I'm discovering is that the word about some of the things Donald Trump says at his rallies, certainly right. his troths on Troth Central, certainly right. some of his interviews, the word is not getting out to a lot of folks. And I'm again, I'm talking about casual political observers. And these are the people that we need to get the message out to what Donald Trump is saying on a daily basis that gets lost in the mix somehow. And we could discuss whatever reasons that might be a complicit news media, et cetera, however you want to define the issue of, of messaging in terms of uh, Donald Trump's most obnoxious things. And I think that contributes to what Joe Biden intends to do with this campaign, which is to make this a referendum on Donald Trump so that these people are going to hear about some of Donald Trump's worst, uh, most awful things, some of the things yeah. that are getting lost in well, the mix, getting lost in the noise. And we, so uh, that's important. We, we see, we saw this, we're seeing this with the economy. And uh, Bob, I believe we will see it with Trump's uh, insanity. Yeah. Uh, as we've just witnessed, and I've said this to you for, for years, the public is on a curve behind the curve of reality. So it takes the public a little while to catch up and catch on. You're right. Mm. Uh, people have not been paying attention. Uh, but that's that process of paying attention is about to begin if it yeah. hasn't all, if it hasn't already. Yeah, that's that's about to turn around. Get ready for your subscribers to increase because this is going to be a year where people 
will be paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we hear about, oh, you know, everybody's disgusted because it's Biden and Trump again, and uh, we choose neither of the above. Uh, but but uh, it is getting out there more and more in mainstream media and elsewhere, not just here, uh, but uh, a number of places are, are hanging on to uh, Trump's inability to you know, inability to communicate is the fact that he's he really is slipping uh, yeah. increasingly. Uh, he he can't get out a sentence. He gropes for words more than I do. Uh, he's really uh, you know he's 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 losing it, and, and the examples of that are getting more numerous and harder to ignore. Yeah, and uh, and uh, that will play into and it'll be part of the fatigue that will make people just say, uh, make it stop, vote mm -hmm. for Biden. Yeah, and one of the things that I think needs much more attention than it's getting is uh, the economy, comma, stupid. Uh, and that is yeah. the, not only the success of the Joe Biden economy, but what a Trump economy would look like if we got to that awful eventuality. And what I've been trying to reinforce online and, and certainly here on the show yeah, yeah. is the fact that, well, chances are history has showed us that every time there's a Republican president, a recession soon follows. And so that's one of those things that I think gets lost in the mix. Um, yeah, and it will. I'm afraid it will continue to. I mean, uh, bless your heart. I, I think you, that's important to keep saying. Uh, you know, we've always agreed that when it comes to the truth, you can't say it often enough. Yeah. I, but I also worry, as you know, about uh, the effectiveness of message. And mm -hmm. right now we're addressing a country that's, uh, you know, Trump had a great economy. Biden had a terrible economy. And that's in their narrow vision. That's all they see. Mm -hmm. And you can tell them that every Every previous Republican president gave us a recession, but I, I just don't know if they're going to hear it because all they see is Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump. Well, it's a matter of small moves. It's a matter of just yeah. chipping away at the messaging coming sure. from the other side. And the sure. other side's messaging is entirely flawed. The Republicans have been using propaganda for decades now yes, to claim yes. to be the party of fiscal responsibility and the party of the economy and so forth. When in right. When, in fact, that's absolutely not true. And you can look right. at the historic record to prove that it's not true. And so uh, one of the things that I've been circulating on social media is this article that uh, was in the New York Times dated February 2021. So this is right at the beginning of the Biden administration right. showing that or comparing and contrasting Republican economies versus Democratic economies. And one of the conclusions that they drew in the context of this article is, I'm going to read this point blank. It says here, Democrats have been more willing to heed economic and historical lessons about what policies actually strengthen the economy, while Republicans have often clung to theories that they want to believe like the supposedly magical power of tax cuts and deregulation Democrats. Yeah. Democrats in short have been more pragmatic. And that has resulted in stronger Democratic economies versus weaker Republican economies. That's just the way it goes. And we see that being illustrated right now with the Biden administration, where there was inevitably going to be a recession, a bagel, as they say on, on the West Wing. There was going to be a recession in 2022. There was going to be a recession in 2023. None of that materialized. None of it actually happened. Right. Why? 
because Democrats know how to be competent stewards of the economy by making yeah. small moves here and there, adjusting interest rates with the Fed and uh, spending like the Inflation Reduction Act and the bipartisan infrastructure legislation, the CHIPS Act and so forth. We're going to talk about the, uh, that a little bit more in a second. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing I do think will sell is to continue to remind people, because this is a, a hot button phrase, uh, so I believe it will sell to continue to remind people that Republicans are still the trickle down party. Yeah. And how and how has trickle down worked for you historically? Yeah. So uh, that's one uh, anchor that we can pin to Republicans that I think does connect in the minds of voters and and uh, you know w w help sell the point. So in addition to selling uh, Biden's accomplishments, which we're going to continue to see, I mean p things are going to continue to get better this year for people financially. Absolutely. So as as if they weren't already better, they're going to get better. And, <laughs> right, and, right. And and as they do, people are going to feel that, and that's an excellent time to point to uh, Biden's accomplishments, and then point to the Republicans and say, and they're still doing the trickle down thing. Okay, let's talk about uh, the great Jim Defeedy. Defeed. I, I wish I knew exactly how to pronounce this guy's name, Defeed. so forgive me, Jim. Yeah, he's a, a journalist with CBS News in Miami. Jim Defeed. D E F E D E is how you pronounce his or say, uh, spell his Jim last name. Maybe Jim Defeed. Jim Defeed. Jim Defeed. Jim Defeedy. Something like that. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm getting it wrong. So, yes, I'm weeping already for my comments. Um, but let's listen to this clip. This is Jim Defeedy from CBS News in Miami uh, interviewing uh, Congresswoman Maria Elvira Salazar. She's a Republican from Florida, the 27th district down there, voted against all these signature achievements of the Biden administration, the things that have juiced the economy that have created jobs she's against all of them until it's campaign time oh i'm gonna take credit for all those things we've seen this for so many years i remember watching uh, uh bobby jindal with like a giant ed mcmahon <laughs> check taking credit for legislation i think it was the uh recovery act that uh, he right. opposed but then taking credit for the money that was coming to his state this is something that Republicans do all the time. They vote against spending legislation. Then they go home and they take credit for that spending. Right, right. right? I know we're in the post-hypocrisy era. Like, hypocrisy doesn't matter anymore. Consistency doesn't matter anymore. But here it is. This is how journalism should be done. This is uh, this reporter not letting uh, Congresswoman Salazar off the hook. You were at FIU and you presented a check for $650,000 to help small businesses at FIU. But you voted against the bill that gave the money that you then signed a check for and handed and had a photo op, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, right? You voted right. against that bill. I, I, right now, you have to give me more details, but I do know that every time I have an opportunity to bring money to my constituents, I do so. I well, just you remember, four, you, I just did four hundred thousand dollars. But look, well, you, but you I voted mean, against you voted against the Chips and Science Act, right? Listen, I, right now I need to I need to ask my staff. But what if no, we look you, at you the forty million dollars that I have brought to this community? No, what's, what's, aren't you proud of me? Aren't you proud of the forty million dollars that I brought? Much, but how aren't much? you proud that I wrote the Dignity Act? Haven't I? Aren't, let's talk about the America's wait, Act. Wait, wait, wait a second. Mer let me one second. Tell me, the money that you talk about, the forty million dollars that you bring back to the district. Sometimes that money comes from bills that you voted against. You voted against the CHIPS Act, and yet you praise the fact that the South Florida Climate Resilience Tech Hub is going to be started in Miami, 
right? You voted against the infrastructure bill mm -hmm. and you talk about all the money that comes back to the airport. So at the same time that you're taking credit for the money that you bring back to the district in Washington, you're voting against these projects on party line votes. Listen, I that was I think last cycle. I cannot really remember <laughs> right now, but just look. Oh, let's look remember. at the America's Act, which is what I'm going to vote. So you don't want to like explain why I, you I vote really against cannot, things. I mean, right now, and I'm not trying to be a politician. There's so many bills that I've introduced that I know that no, no, many these are of bills them that you voted against. The, that I understand, and but it's okay. Sometimes I vote bills. and sometimes I don't. But let's look at the positive. Let's look at the forty million dollars that I brought. Yeah, let's look at all the money yeah, that I voted against. The, yeah, I love the original, that. Back to the original lie. Yep. So she seemed to think that doing this you you could you do you would be better than admitting yeah. that she voted against this legislation that she's right. taking credit for. Indeed. Yeah, they all. It seems like they all do it. It's just uh, as you point out, not often a journalist uh, tries to pin them down on it. Yep. Uh, of course, what would normally happen, especially in the national press, would be. Oh, well, let's bring on Democrats so-and-so, and let's start attacking them, too, for, you know, balance. So, meantime, um, there was, uh, on the other side of the coin here, on the other side of the journalistic integrity coin, this was a, uh, a tweet uh, sent out by NBC News on the 28th. So this is just a couple of days ago. The White House medical unit had, quote, severe and systemic problems with their pharmacy operations and provided health care to ineligible staffers before the Biden administration, according to a scathing inspector general report. Right. Nowhere in that tweet is the word Trump. Right. Nowhere in that tweet was the name Ronnie Jackson, which would have been appropriate. Gee, what, what was before the Biden administration, which I believe yeah. is the terminology they used there. Right, right. So naturally what people see as they're scrolling through their Twitter timeline right. is they see right. the White House and then they see Biden administration. Oh, I guess there's a drug problem in the Biden administration when that is in fact not the case. So, and as far as I can tell, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the tweet right here. Obviously this has not been deleted. So heartbreaking. This yeah. just crushes me. This yeah. just breaks my heart. This is not how journalism is supposed to work. Yeah. And I wonder if AI is writing some of this stuff too. I mean, I, I, I you know what? I take that back because this is such a colossal fuck up. So poorly worded. Right. That I got to believe that it's some sort of PA or intern or something Poorly like that. Poorly educated is, human, yes. Yeah, whoever's running NBC yeah. News social media well, completely bungled it. There's a, there's a clear bias there, and it's in the headline. That's where, you know, that's where they put the most bias. The, yeah. Some of the articles actually, you know, seem fair, but, it, but people don't read the articles. They read the headlines, and the headlines are, are designed to mislead, it seems yeah. to me, in, in so many cases. So you want to talk about drugs here in a second? Let's do I ever. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about drugs right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bob Seska plays more music. We're lost in darkness Some days we can't find sparks yet We keep reaching and keep climbing Trying hard to bottle lightning Some days we lose the light But now I am shining bright I'm walking with my headphones Soaking up the sunshine Singing every word like Ooh, Oh, this is the great uh, bitter elegance Loving my lifeline And a song called Headphones I want to say this was released last year. Doesn't matter because you should get it into your record collection now. Link in the description, of course, to support The Bitter Elegance, one of the uh, bands that have been with us since we started playing independent uh, recording artists here on the show. So we thank them for sharing their incredible work with us. Both of today's songs sound like hits to me. All right. Uh, we talked about this on Thursday, but there are additional details that have come to light since we had our discussion with the uh, Goth Ninjas on Thursday's show. And this was this uh, Pentagon report proving what John Tester was saying during Ronnie Jackson's nomination process to the VA, which is that the White House Medical Office under Ronnie Jackson was just a pill mill, handing out all kinds of things. And, and at the time, Thursday, we were talking about a couple of the uh, medications that we had initially discussed when John Tester released his findings during that uh, confirmation process that, by the way, failed. Ronnie Jackson had to withdraw his name. Right. But uh, that way we were talking about Provigil and Ambien. But this document came out as part of the report indicating or listing some of the actual medications that were uh, illegally distributed or casually distributed throughout the White House. Was it the blue meth? It, it was the blue meth. That's right. Some of the medications, my God, makes you wonder who's taking morphine in the White House. Because there are multiple instances of distribution of morphine. There's multiple instances of distribution of fentanyl, multiple instances of distribution of ketamine. I mean, these are serious drugs. Ketamine is like an anesthetic. Like, who's asking for an anesthetic? Well, there were parties. <laughs> uh, guests to entertain. Yeah. It's got a list uh, or a category here on the, uh, on the document saying ordered by, and then there's another one that says received by, but that's all blacked out. Right. So I, I would just I would love to correlate who's getting the fentanyl and morphine and and ketamine. Doctor doctor patient privilege I guess but yeah, yeah. Uh, but the numbers uh, to tell a story on their own. It wasn't there a story? I God, I seem to remember a story about a bowl on Ronnie Jackson's desk from which people could take <laughs> a certain kind of pill. I couldn't. I don't yeah. even remember what the pill was. Uh, but as far as uh, some of the. I imagine every administration has its consumption of uh, both Ambien and uh, what did you say the one edge edgel, edgel uh, provigil provigil, provigil. yeah yeah uh, you know I imagine because of the international travel 
uh, the, the jet lag uh, yeah. uh, diplomat. You know, so I imagine there's some of that. But th- this, these, are, these are huge amounts, and it's really not even so uh, important. And we know Ronnie Jackson was behind it, so that's the from. Uh, the two we don't know, and maybe it's better if we don't. But what we do know is the numbers uh, on the drugs that were handed out and the kinds of drugs and the numbers attached to them, uh, those are shocking. I'm trying to think if there would be any reason why someone would need morphine inside the West Wing or working inside well, in, the White House. In, in low doses, it can, you know, it, 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 it doesn't mess with you. I mean, they're, okay. they're like a d- dental work uh, might, you know, you might get a, a low dose yeah. uh, orally of, of morphine. And, you know, it's, it's not even strong enough to abuse unless, of course, you took great quantities of it. Yeah, this is, uh, I see here, 10 milligrams per milliliter of morphine, and the total quantity is 20. 200 milligrams of morphine uh, on multiple occasions here. Uh, and all the dates for this uh, are 2019. Sure. So this is definitely during the Trump administration. During the final year of the Trump administration. Yeah. Well, the other thing, going back to provisional real quick, and in fact, Years. a lot of these meds, uh, they were overpaying for it. Of Be- course. Between 2017 and 2019, the White House medical unit spent an estimated $46,000 for brand name Ambien, yeah. which is 174 times more expensive than the generic equivalent. What they don't tell you is the brand name is Trump. <laughs> Over the same three-year period, the unit also spent an estimated $98,000 for brand name Provigil, which is 55 times more expensive than the generic equivalent. So there is maybe a drug abuse component, obviously, to this. But Uh then there's also an overspending taxpayer dollars component to this. Once again, this is the businessman administration. Right. And they're overspending on all these drugs, which they were illegally distributing to White House staffers. But, Bob, during the Biden administration, somebody left weed in one of the the telephone boxes. (laughs) Yeah, it was a teeny tiny amount of cocaine, wasn't it? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a small little teeny tiny amount, one of those t- teeny tiny little Ziploc bags of cocaine. So uh, that is uh, continuing to play itself out. Yeah, I, and, I think even caffeine should be limited in those circumstances. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's important to note here that this is the Trump administration, and I think that is one of those things that we can work into the conversation between now and November. Probably helpful. That, uh, and, and we know that this is probably not going to be a major prong of the Biden campaign's uh, uh, re-election strategy. So uh, one of those things that we need to do our part to get the message out and all yeah. of this. Be Maybe- the messenger. Maybe Trump could use it. You know, uh, get get drugs back in the White House. Vote vote Trump. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Nikki Haley was targeted with another swatting attack. Oh, boy. We've been talking about this in recent weeks where opponents of Donald Trump have suddenly been interrupted in the middle of the night by SWAT teams descending on their homes. Right. Like that last part of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and that's happening a lot. These petty bastards yeah. are not funny. Not funny when it happens in real life. No, definitely not. Oh, and by the way, as we uh, wrap up here, here's uh, what's certainly going to be a campaign ad for the Biden campaign. Here's Nikki Haley just praising how the Democrats handle spending versus the Republicans. In twenty in the twenty twenty four appropriations budget, Republicans put in seven point four billion dollars worth of pet projects and earmarks. Democrats put in 2.8 billion. 
<laughs> now you tell me who the big spenders are. Thank you, Nikki Haley. Wow. She's helping us do our work here. Yeah, I know. That's incredible. The Democrats are fiscally responsible. The Republicans are not. And that doesn't even take into consideration the fact that they they do all these giant tax cuts for the super rich without paying for them. And she's very much helping us make the point that Trump has lost his mind. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, the fun continues on the shadow docket. Always. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the latest state that might be kicking Donald Trump off the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about, oh, uh, we have to send our our, uh, our well wishes and good vibes out to Cecile Richards. Yes. We'll talk about that during the uh, shadow docket. Vivek's ridiculous Taylor Swift conspiracy theory. <laughs> I can't wait to get to this one. We will talk about that and uh, lots of other stuff on the shadow docket. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska show to subscribe. It's only $5 a month. And you get an extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes longer than that, of uh, content that you don't normally get. You don't get it all on the free show. Like, we're, we're done here. If you're only listening to the free show, we're done. But if you're subscribed on the Patreon page, it, it, we, there's more stuff to talk about. We're, we're not done. We got stuff. Yes, lots of stuff, as Chuck Barris used to say. All right, see you on the Shadow Dogger, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.